In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to my podcast. My name is Lorena and this is The Pooch. I'm sounding super sexy today because I've been sick. My voice is slowly coming back, but oh my gosh, I've been horribly sick. Can you actually believe we are on episode 40? I can't. We probably could have been further along if I got my shit together, but we're on episode 40 and I'm very excited. Absolutely so excited. Uh, Like I mentioned last week, my daughter is at preschool and it's now giving me a chance to jump back on the bike and continue with my podcast journey. So on today's episode, I want to do a little talk about parenting. Even though this is not a parenting podcast, I have some comments or commentary on my own parenting that I want to share. In the meantime, I'm just going to give you a little update. So yeah, daughter's back at preschool. My guilt is hitting hard. This morning was horrific again, dropping her off. She just, I just, it breaks my heart. And I got back to the car. I burst into tears and I just was like, I need to, we need to push through because I feel like this is actually going to be really good for her in the long run. Uh, We just need to push through this little bit at the moment. I am a hot mess at the moment. My license expires in two days, I just realized. Lol. I went to the Service New South Wales and I went to redo it and uh, yeah, walked in. There was a huge crowd. I had my baby with me and I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to stand in this line. Nope. So I'm going to try and come back tomorrow, first thing in the morning. That's just gambling it all together because who the hell knows how it's going to be. But I was just, there was no chance in hell I was going to stand in that line. I mentioned it in my last episode, but I am working on my YouTube channel. So if you don't follow me on YouTube, please come over there. My name on YouTube is Lorena V or at Lolly V. Uh, come and subscribe to my channel and just I, I'm sharing vlogs. I'm sharing all things mum, mum related, you know, also stuff that I normally do on my YouTube channel, which is makeup and style and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, come along, um, make sure you subscribe. I'm working towards a goal and the goal is looking a bit looking a bit far at the moment, but I really, really want to push it. So um, my goal is to have 1,000 subscribers by my birthday. My birthday is next week. So I need like 300 and something sus- subscribers by then. But like, I feel like we can do it. I actually feel like I can do it. So that if you really want to give me a birthday present, head over to YouTube, go to Lorena V or at Lolly, L-O-L-I-V and subscribe to my channel. Obviously, if you if you enjoy the stuff that I put on there um, and I'm going to be uploading uh, videos weekly or at least weekly. So it'd be lots of fun. Anyway, back to the episode. Now that my son is napping, I hope he stays asleep um, because I really feel like I, I, I need to get a little bit deep here. So once again, 
This is not a parenting podcast. I don't know anything about the psychology behind good parenting. While I spend a lot of time Googling and, you know, reading things, especially when things get hard and I'm like, shit, how do I deal with this situation? I'm just not a psychologist. I just don't have that information. I just know that I feel like I've come to a point where I'm really questioning my own parenting. Um, and I just wanted to share to see if, I don't know, it resonates with anybody. I think it's really healthy to reflect on your own parenting. And I think that's something that our generation, and by our, I'm assuming you're roughly, you know, my age, millennials, I'm guessing. I don't know, you might not be. Um, I'm almost 37 and I feel like my age group or, or those around my age do really well at reflecting and trying to change what they're doing. So I feel like with when it comes to our parenting, I have a lot of friends who, you know, happily talk about, shit, I got it wrong. Like, I feel like I need to do things a bit differently. Anyway, I think that's super healthy. And that's something that I really strive to do. I feel like what makes a good person is a person who reflects, even if you don't do the right thing, even if you fuck up, even if you, you know, you're not excellent at what you're doing, having the ability to reflect and um, you know, and question your own practices, I think is really important. I am going into like, you know, fucking philosophy 101 here. Anyway, so I'm here questioning my parenting at the moment. So my daughter, uh, you might know, she is three years and seven months and I have a seven month year old son. And since he was born, I'm finding the balance between parenting a toddler and a baby really difficult. Our dynamic has shifted so much and I think it's because, you know, for the three years before my son was born, since I had my daughter, she, her and I were together 24-7 and uh, she had so much of my time. My whole energy was on her, you know, I literally dedicated all of my thinking and my, my physical time. You know, she was the type of baby that didn't want to be put down and I couldn't put her down. I felt so horrible about putting her down that she was in my arms a lot of the time and look to be fair my son is too but it, you know obviously second baby you know there's more kids around more thing more people need attention from mum he's not getting the volume of attention as she was at his age and for three years she had that from me in in every stage um, you know I would play with her comfort her help her manage her big feelings try to get creative with her give her new opportunities I take her places um, I have to say also, like, I feel like I fell into a bit of like, I, I get excited to give my kid new things. And I think obviously it's not healthy to, to constantly buy your child things, but I get a kick out of it too. So I'm one of those mums who's like, oh, you know, look what I got you today. And I get really excited. So, you know, she's, she's not really missed out on, on anything, you know, um, I feel like I've, I've given her so much that I've almost created a little perfect world around her. And now that I'm no longer able to frame the world around her, I feel like we're getting a little bit stuck. And so I've come to kind of question things, you know, the way that I've been doing them up until now. I feel like I've spent so much time thinking and overthinking and trying to practice gentle parenting as I've, as I understand it, trying to support her development um, with such a focus on happiness. And now I'm starting to think in a weird way that happiness is not necessarily the goal that it's not really essential I mean I'm not happy all the time but I'm still happy like I'm as in essentially I'm happy in life I'm just not happy 24 7 and I feel like that you know when you're when you're the parent and and I don't know I feel like this would resonate 
you know, if you're the parent and you see your kid expressing happiness, you feel like I've, I've done a good job. Like I've done something, I've set something up, we've gone somewhere and my kid is enjoying themselves visually, visibly happy. That feels like you've done a good job. That feels like, yep, I'm on the right path. But, but I feel like that is a problem because that already starts to make you think that you're only doing right when your kid is visibly happy and visibly happy, you know, being happy all the time, I think I'm starting to realize is not necessarily the goal because that's not life. So I want to share my reflections in case this helps anyone um, and gives you the permission to either change things up if you feel like, you know, things are getting a bit stale or at least question your own parenting if you feel like it's not working for you. Um, again, I will repeat this a thousand times. This is not a parenting podcast. I'm not here to give you advice on parenting. I'm just here to give you permission to go, oh shit, things are not really working the way I imagined them to be. It's fine to go, mm, let's try something else. It's not broken. We just need to try and improve it. You know, we try need to, we need to try and kind of change things to make them work in a way that works for our family and that makes sense for us. Look, I think maybe I shouldn't be using the term changing parenting. You're not really changing your parenting or I don't think so. Um, so much as shifting through into a new phase. So I don't necessarily regret how I have parented. Obviously, there are things that I regret doing. I, I make mistakes and I wish I hadn't done them. Also, on, on the flip side, you learn from those mistakes. So how much do you regret something that has helped you grow? I'm not sure. Um, but I just believe, like I said, in reflection and continuous improvement. So I think my view on what I should be doing now has shifted a bit um, now that I'm a mum of two and I can no longer dedicate, you know, the entirety of my time to just one baby. So here's where I feel like I've gone wrong. I feel like I've created a world where nothing really goes wrong for my toddler. Um, and if it does, I'm there to provide full comfort and full support for as long as, you know, as long as she needs it. Uh, I can handle, you know, I tend to be the one, like I'll, I'll take the scary things from her. Um, I'll take the yucky things from her. Like I'm always kind of there to step in if she needs me or with love. You know, I just want her to feel safe and secure and comfortable and confident. So I'm kind of, they're always on the outskirts, just managing, managing life so that she does, she is able to feel those things in order to minimize screen time, which I'm not here to rubbish screen time. Please don't get me wrong. Um, and I absolutely use screen time daily, but you know, the guilt in me has kind of gone, mm, can we find something else to do sometimes? Because I just don't, you know, I don't want the screen to be raising my child and I'm finding it difficult to find alternative activities. Um, but in order to minimize screen time, I feel like I've gone so far out of my way to set up and, you know, set up creative activities for her that boredom is never a thing. So even though I fully believe that boredom is very healthy and I think it's exactly where creative, you know, creative thinking stems from, we, we need to be bored in order to come up with new things. Um, I think I've taken all the creative work out of coming up with activities that now I've left little room for that in for her for my toddler so it's almost like you know I you know she, she'll she'll ask me to watch something for example and I'm like yeah maybe later why don't we do something else instead so she kind of goes okay what and I'll be like okay well you've got some Barbies and or you've got these you know magnets and why don't you build this and why don't you build something out of Legos and it's I'm already kind of answering the question to what to do with this free time and then I go another layer and I'm kind of like they're saying okay well 
you don't know what to do with these blocks. Well, why don't you build a castle? Oh, you want me to show you how to build a castle? And I just go into so much depth and take so much time because I feel like I have taken that that layer of creativity for her because I've been trying so hard to be involved and play. And so now I'm at the point where I'm like, I can't just do the old school, like run off and play. And I say old school, I'm starting to think maybe I need to do that. Like it sounds awful. And I feel, I feel guilty having that, that mindset of like, off you go, go and play. I feel bad about it. I don't know why, because I was told to go and play and I don't, there's nothing that I I don't have any bad feelings about being told go and play you know go and have some time to play I don't have bad feelings about that I actually I think it's fine I think it's great I just the thought of me sending her away feels bad there's a bit of guilt that I have attached to that so I will go along and get involved and set things up all right so my son woke up he's now on my lap you're going to hear him and I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through recording this whole thing but let's see how we go So as I was saying, you know, I've kind of taken a lot of the creativity out of what to do when she's bored. And I think another another level is or I've taken it to the next level, really, that because I because I no longer have this the same time to do both setting up an activity and engaging in the activity. I feel like the boredom has actually hit a new high, but without the ability to get creative and fix it. So I have to step in. So we've got like a bit of a vicious cycle happening. One thing I think I've done okay is that I feel like I've equipped my toddler to hear no quite well. So ever since she was very, very little, I made a point of purposely showing her things at the shops that I think she would like and then going, okay, that's really nice, and then kind of walking away from it. Sounds cruel. It sounds like I'm going, ooh, look at this nice thing, and then walking off. But what I mean is, you know, just pointing out something that I know she would appreciate. Let's say she was into the wiggles or something like that. And I'd point something out and be like, wow, this is a nice toy. And then going, okay, bye toy and walking away. So I guess what I've been trying to do on purpose since she was little is to learn to appreciate something rather than think that because you like it, you have to own it. Because that's a problem that I'm still working on for myself. I can't just go, oh, that's a really nice pair of shoes. That pair of shoes stays in my mind until I basically have to feel sad about not having it or I have to have it. Both of those things is a problem. I can just appreciate them and then just walk by. I should be able to. So I'm trying to teach my toddler that. Where I think I may have missed a bit of attention in hindsight is when something is unexpectedly unavailable. So obviously I know it's common for kids to become upset when they don't get their way or when they, you know, when they're told something's going to happen and then it can't happen. But I feel like I've gone out of my way to avoid disappointment too much. I would like, for example, I'd call ahead to make sure that a play center is open before we go, make sure to have, you know, her favorite snack always stocked. Um, I don't want to tell her of plans until they like definitely in concrete. So let's say I know we're going to meet up with a friend of hers tomorrow. I'll wait till that day to be like, guess what? Because what if, you know, that kid ends up being sick or something like that. And I feel like that's not really helping her now handle last minute disappointments. And now that I have a second baby, I just don't have... I don't have the the physical and mental bandwidth to set everything up and have things be completely foolproof. So I feel like we're getting to a point now where she's not ready for disappointment as she probably could be had I been a little bit less, you know, a little bit more realistic and a little bit less kind of, you know, designed the world to make her happy and just gone, oh, yeah, oops, we don't have the snack that I thought we had in the fridge. Move on. That's life. We've got to find something else. Um, I feel like I've been a little bit too protective over her feelings and been scared of her not being happy 
or wor- not scared, but you know what I mean, like worried that she's going to be upset that I've kind of gone out of my way to avoid those moments. Something I found myself doing in the last few weeks actually is I go into situations and I I don't want to say like I, I preempt a tantrum or I kind of go into them going, right, I know I'm going to set her off, but let's go for it. But it's kind of like I mentally prepare to handle it if it goes wrong. So I go, okay, I know I said we had this particular, I don't know, ice block in the freezer. I've opened the freezer and forgotten that, you know, she ate the last one yesterday or something like that. Silly example. I used to be like, oh, oh, no okay, how can I quickly fix this? I'd be like, look, I'm sorry, we don't have the one we want, but mummy promises you will go down to the shop. Like I'll, I'd fix it really quickly. Now I'm just like, all right, brace yourself. She may not like this answer, but we just got to roll with it and we got to understand her and show her that we understand her. I won't get her in trouble for getting upset, obviously. Um, and I think that's where gentle parenting really comes into it is going like, I get where you're, I get where these feelings are coming from, but unfortunately there's not much we can do. Mummy made a mistake and we need to eventually move on. And I feel like that's what I'm trying to do now, but I'm finding that I'm bracing myself for the for the emotions, the big feelings to happen, um, whereas before I would have tried to avoid it at all costs and gone, oops, shit, I didn't realise. Okay, let's fix it. Let's fix it before the problem happens. Now I'm just like, no, well, that's life. We've we kind of got to face a few disappointments. Um, you know, things are not going to be perfect and, and, and I'm not helping her at all by setting her expectations in a way that the world is going to meet her, you know, meet her expectations at all times. That doesn't help her. That actually is not how the world works, obviously. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So something you may or may not know about me is that I am an analyzer at heart. I analyze and overthink so much. Um, One of the things that really consumes my thinking sometimes is how we become the way that we do. Like I am a personality test freak. Give me a personality test. I will lap that shit up. I love, I don't know what it is about it. I love, I love getting to understand myself better. So I feel like because of that, I'm so self-aware too much of the time and I'm aware about my personality and what has kind of helped form my personality. I'm, I think about it a lot. I'm interested in it so much. But I also think it comes at a bit of a cost. And I think, again, like our generation, and when I say our generation, I'm assuming that you are roughly in my age bracket, roughly. Um, I feel like we have so much more information at hand about you know children's psychology um, the psychology of raising children we talk a lot about attachment styles at our in our time and we're so aware of supporting different needs etc that I feel like I'm so conscious of that all the time because I also analyze my personality all the time that I'm concerned about it all the time as well so I don't know if I'm alone in this but I'm so all over that type of information that I'm scared of getting it wrong And I'm so scared of the long-term effects of me having a fuck up. Um, I'm so scared of the long-term effects of me getting it wrong and probably doing damage in any way by avoiding. So I, you know, I avoid those situations. I avoid where I could potentially go wrong, which the irony in all of this is by me avoiding difficult situations, I'm probably doing damage as well. So this is a real, like, this is a real tricky one. And I feel like parenting can be so much easier when you just when you just do what's always been done and you don't question it, I don't believe it should be easier. Um, you know, I don't I don't believe that you should not question. Like I said, I, I've said many times already that I think it's essential to question things. But it is kind of like it's it's so much harder now with all this information at hand because I'm scared to I'm scared. I'm just scared either way. I'm fucking petrified. So as I mentioned before, I just dropped my daughter off this morning at preschool. It's day three and it was absolutely heartbreaking. And I left there thinking, you know, if this is like a core moment in her life or like if these moments where I drop her off at preschool and she is, she was destroyed. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying like she had a few tears. She was destroyed and she was clinging on to me for dear life. And, you know, are these the things that are going to build her personality? Am I breaking her like this is my this is where my mind goes and it absolutely kills me um I've left her in a place where she doesn't want to be it's it's a great place don't get me wrong but she clearly wants to come home with me you know she feels unsure she feels unhappy I called them 30 minutes after I left and they were like she's happy she's doing art she's making a bracelet like she was all she was laughing she's having a great time but those key moments where I'm like mum is going now and you can't come with me I just freak out that these are the moments that are going to be like are they character building are they necessary moments in her life do they actually help her or do they 
work like do they damage like I'm just I'm I'm scared um if have you ever seen have you, I'm gonna I'm asking you like you're gonna answer have you ever watched the movie Inside Out if you haven't go and watch it or maybe actually maybe don't because these this is what I keep imagining in my mind like this child's personality is being chipped away by these really core difficult moments that are not helping her am I, I know I'm wrong I know I'm wrong because if a friend was saying this to me I'd be like don't be ridiculous these are things that she has to learn to cope with these are moments of of learning you know learning to be calm in difficult situations being uncomfortable is good for you at certain times all this kind of stuff but I freak out having so much information about attachment and all this kind of stuff that when I get it wrong they're going to be the moments that are going to you know she they're going to help form her personality and and I'm going to be doing kind of long-term damage so the other night I lost a full night's sleep I was stressing out about my daughter I love her so much I just want to cry right now to be honest oh get my shit together um I love her so much oh my god I can't believe I shouldn't cry on an episode this is ridiculous sorry sorry I'm pulling my shit together I'm not going to edit edit that shit out because it's real but I just I just want her to be happy and content and I, I've lost sleep over it. I had to pause for a minute there because this is going to get like snotty and ugly. Okay, lucky you can't see me. Um, I just wanted to be happy. And, you know, I think I've mentioned in a previous episode that there's something that I have, for some reason I have such a permanent, like I see things in terms of how permanent they are. So I have such a permanent view of what's going on. If my life is difficult now, it feels like it's going to be difficult forever. And I need reminding that I'm just in a season. That's why I keep trying to remind others, this is just a season. You know, these are just moments in your life. But in two years time, you're not going to have a toddler anymore. Um, The challenges that come with, you know, having a baby and a toddler at the same time are not going to exist. It's just a season. So just kind of live in it. I'm not saying wish it away. And I'm not saying, you know, you have to gleefully enjoy it, but just live in it a little bit more. Um, but because I have that that kind of permanent view of the world, when I see my toddler kind of not her happy chappy self for a few days, um, you know, the fact that we're struggling with all of this right now, it just feels like this is it forever. And I, f- it feel, I feel it very deeply, which is not ideal. Um, I feel like obviously we need to do adjusting since my son came around. And for anyone who's got, you know, multiples of kids, you'd know like I'm learning and you know it's been seven months so I guess in the scheme of things that's not a lot of time to to be learning something new but you know it does take adjusting and and I think because because you know a lot of people will say you know another kid just they just joined the family you know they just you the family continues and the kid just has to climb on board because I have spent so much time creating a world around my kids it doesn't feel like that for me. It literally feels like I have to re kind of design our world to fit another child so that so that things function properly because the way I had it was literally like I had created a world around my toddler, um, you know, just to make her happy. So anyway, I was looking online the other night and I was reading blogs and forums of people saying, you know, that they're toddlers and all around the same age, which I find really interesting, that they seem miserable. And it's interesting to me because... Now, again, like we're in a time where people are actually concerned about this. Like, how do I make my kid happy? Like, we know toddlers have tantrums. We know we're talking about, you know, the terrible twos, three nagers and all that kind of stuff. But 
I, I think, I don't know, are we, are we at a time where like that's not, we don't just accept it. We kind of want to support it or help it or fix it or I don't know. Or is it that we just, we want to understand it better so that we don't feel like, you know, oh my God, I'm getting it all wrong because we are, we're in, you know, we're at a time of really reflecting on our parenting. Anyway, so I was reading these blogs and forums and, um, and, and a comment stood out to me and it kind of dinged in my head a little bit where someone was writing that they had spent so much time to make their toddler happy, but turns out that she was actually happier when she was expected to function just as a part of the family. Um, there's boundaries, there's turn-taking, there's order, you know, there's not an abundance of toys and play centers and activities and parents at their disposal. And I feel like that's that's kind of what I need. You know, I took my daughter to the park the other day and instead of me sitting there playing you know setting up a game or whatever we literally sat and we watched there were some guys playing footy and we just watched them and I was like you know showing her four leaf clovers or three leaf clovers we didn't find any four leaf clovers but we just kind of sat in nature and and I was like oh my gosh we walked out of there so much calmer and so much more regenerated than all the thousands of times that I take her to play centers and I'm like she's going to have a great day it's fun it's for kids it's colorful I'm going to get involved I never sit and relax and have a bloody coffee I'm always like in the ball pit trying to make it fun and it's like within three minutes of leaving it's been forgotten and I'm not calling my daughter ungrateful at all she she's actually very for her age she will she somehow recognizes sacrifice and she recognizes that I've done things for her she'll actually say mum you know thank you so much this was a really excellent day you know but at the same time it's almost like I can feel that she's kind of like okay what next what next her cup's never full whereas when we we kind of stopped and 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 did mellow and we were just like it's not all about happy and jumping and things and you know and stimulation like let's just mellow and calm we both were so much better for the rest of the day and I was like oh my god and these are the when I think back they're the types of moments that I remember you know just precious kind of calm settled moments you know with my parents and not not the crazy fun thing like oh I'm you know there were crazy fun times always but what I'm talking about is like if she missed out on the playlands and the mountains of toys I don't think that would take away from her childhood what I think would take away from her childhood is if we didn't do those mellow moments. And I'm learning that. I'm learn- That's why I said before, you know, I don't think the goal is happiness all the time. I think the goal is actually calm and, f- and just functioning and, and turn-taking and sometimes, sometimes sitting on the sideline, sometimes not being the center of everything that's going on. And I'm, I'm really learning that now that I have a second baby that I'm just like, I've spent so much time making the toddler the center. Sorry, I just had a uh, amongst crying. I'm now having a coughing fit, so I had to stop. Um, I like I was saying, you know, I've had, I I feel like I had spent so much time, you know, kind of creating this world around my toddler that I've actually failed in giving her, you know, the strategies to function in life. Um, and I'm learning that my my job might actually be to facilitate her development of strategies. You know, if she's if she's bored, I can't always give her the answer. If she's frustrated, I can be there to love and support her, but I can't always fix everything. That's not life. And maybe this is just, maybe it's because I've had a second kid and I physically can't do everything that I was doing before. 
Or maybe it's just the nature of the age that she's in that that's making me reflect on this stuff. So I have to say this is no criticism of gentle parenting and I actually think it's I misunderstood gentle parenting for a very long time. But I have never been more frustrated than I have been trying to be a gentle parent. I have never yelled so much and I this is horrible and I hate saying this out loud but I've never yelled so much and been so frustrated and angry than I have in all my attempts to be a gentle parent it just makes no sense and I just feel these floods of failure just like oozing out of me every time I get frustrated because I'm trying so 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 hard and I'm just not seeing you know like I said I'm not seeing the happy calm person that I expect to see at the receiving end of my gentle parenting so I just I just like I can't handle it and I get upset and it's it just it's not making sense so I feel like I've hit a new stage of kind of having a bit more of a like oh well that's life you know mentality and I don't mean to sound cold because I make sure I I am I believe in being affectionate I believe in showing how you feel Um, but I also I'm realizing that we do have to have a little bit of like a, well, that's life, you know. Unfortunately, the thing we thought was going to happen is not happening today. I get that you're frustrated. I get that you're sad. But there's not much we can do to fix it. That's life. We might be, be a bit annoyed for a little while and we just got to move on because that that's really life. And that's starting to make a little bit more sense to me. So, you know, my, my, my children have to function in the world and I'm still there with all the love and compassion and understanding that I can give. But I also have a family to cater to. I have responsibilities as an adult. I also have goals to achieve. And I don't mean to sound self-centered, but I want my children to see me achieving goals. And right up until now, I've been at their disposal their entire lives. So I don't think that's very, that doesn't give them much in terms of mom worked so hard on these things and we want to be like that too. So I want them to see that. And, and, you know, I just, I have, I have things that have to get done for my family to keep us healthy to keep us safe to give us a good future so like I said I'm not rubbishing gentle parenting at all and I think maybe what I'm saying now is more in line with gentle parenting than what I initially had understood it to be I just feel like again I didn't grasp it properly and so I kind of let you know let let things go by the wayside I kind of let this idea of being gentle just run the show being you know fixing things being creative and taking over and kind of being not so much a friend but just being like a companion more than anything and I think that I've also had a lot of struggle with the fact that my daughter doesn't have a lot of other kids to play with Um, she's starting to now and obviously we've got friends we see from time to time but because I grew up with cousins and my sister being close in age, I mean, she now has a brother, which I gifted to, I made and gifted to her. I feel like it's the biggest gift I could ever give is a sibling, um, you know. And so when she gets a bit older, they'll, they'll, that'll all level out. But my memories as a child all consist of cousins and siblings and kids. And so I feel like maybe, I'm, my, maybe I've spent too much time overcompensating for the absence of those kids. Anyway, now she's in preschool. Now she's surrounded by kids. Now she has a brother. And I think life is on the up. It's just mum needs to adjust a bit of her thinking and get a little bit on track with life to be able to support Um, our functioning growing amazing human being and obviously this podcast is not you know all about talking about how difficult toddlers are and my toddler my toddler I love her to bits she is an amazing human being 
And I don't want anything that you've heard on this episode to make you think otherwise, because she really is amazing. Actually, I'm going to interview her in an episode that's coming up um, because you I think you will really enjoy a lot of what she has to say. Anyway, there are my ramblings and my reflections on my own parenting. I hope this gives you the permission to, you know, question yourself, challenge yourself, uh, not feel guilty if, if you think you're getting things not perfect now because clearly we're not meant to be perfect. This is the first time we've ever done it. If it's your first kid, I've said this before and I'll say it again. If it's your first kid, it's the first time you've been a parent. If you if you have two kids, it's the first time you've been a parent to two kids. If you have a teenager, it's the first time you've been a parent to a teenager. It doesn't really matter at what stage you are in your parenting life. I believe you're just dealing with a bunch of firsts at every step of the way. So please don't, don't ever, my only piece of advice here, my only like really strong piece of advice is don't ever stop thinking about reflecting don't ever stop thinking about continuous improvement it's not just well it's the way things have always been done because things the way things have always been done doesn't always work and the way you've done things before doesn't always work and it's okay and you shouldn't feel shit about it because you've not done it before that's something I struggle with I struggle with oh my god I've fucked up does that mean I've I've ruined my child's future you can hear it throughout this whole episode with that struggle that I have it's not the case But what would be the case is if I wouldn't reflect and I wouldn't question, I wouldn't try to improve along the way. And my kids not seeing me do that as part of my human experience. I'm a mum. This is my first time being a mum. And, you know, you're probably in the same shoes as me. So once again, I am going to remind you big time this time to trust your gut, be kind to your pooch, and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.